When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Moments That Rock. I'm your host, Tony Michael. This we are part of the Pantheon group of podcasts. Apologies for missing a couple of them because uh, life caught up with us and a couple of people rearranged dates and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But we're back. So we're going to go back and listen to a gentleman by the name of Guy Holmes, who was on episode 43. He'll tell you a little bit more about himself at the beginning of that, so go back and check it out. But this is part two, where we leave the rest of the stories to Guy. Because guess what? They're his. I left EMI, I went to Arista for a year, did um, Thompson Twins, Haircut 100, The Beat, um, Aretha Franklin, things like that. Um, and then a lovely man who you know well, Clive Banks, came to ask me to work for Modern oh, Media. True. And the first record that Spanner and I worked on was New Year's Day, which I know you worked on as well. Wow. Um, so that was a very big moment for, for, for me with Spanner and with you. I mean, all three of us were working on that record. And I think it was the bit, first record that broke you too. So I think the three of us were, could I say, partially responsible for helping them get on the way. Um, so I think that's a proper moment that rocked. And then obviously that led to, to, to landing up at Ireland and, um, and, and obviously eventually the Joshua Tree. Um, which I think was the biggest selling album in the UK for many, 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 many years. And, and we all worked on that as well. So, um, you know, it's special times. And actually, you two brought me back to Ireland because I, I started Ireland in 78. And Ireland was an extraordinary place because they allowed you to be creative. They allowed you to make music decisions and you got involved in every part of it. Um, it was a very special place to be around. And then I think I walked in there. And one of the first things I also did was Slave to the Rhythm um, with Grace, yeah. which, you know, we carved that out of a 37-minute bloody track. Um, Sly and Robbie Burps, Winwood Higher Love, Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. That was a proper moment that rocked. I remember getting the video and and there was a, a woman who produced the chart show who who didn't, who was somewhat of a feminist. I think that's fair. And I was like, if I show her the Robert Palmer video, it's never going to get on. And I was struggling at radio a little bit because Robert was about as cold as a, as a freezer at that point in time. And so I suddenly realised that Keith McMillan, that owned the chart show, loved that sort of stuff. And so I made an appointment went to see him and I showed him the Robert Palmer video and he went, well, if we can have it exclusive, we'll show it on Saturday. And I'm, oh, I don't know. And, he, and I'm sitting there thinking, yes, you fucking bet you could have it on Saturday. That broke the record. That chart show... With Robert Palmer, with the girls on the video, Addicted Love broke the record, and then radio literally fell on board the following week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a great MTV video, but MTV hadn't started yeah. then, had it? No, 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 no. Well, MTV yeah. had just started, right? Um, but the charts, the chart show, was what broke that record in the UK, no question. And getting Keith to see it first was was a way round to get in. And that's just a promotion when you've got to figure out, you know, 
where you go. And, and Robert was adorable. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know Robert. Um, he was just fantastic to work with. He was utterly brilliant. And and you'd work with him even down to things like how he looked at the camera and how he interacted. And we made a we made a, a film in LA for the Tube with Jeff Wampfer, funny enough, directing. That was brilliant. That was great fun. And, and and so you get to work with artists that have got got a really you know amazing musicians but really cool and really fun and robert was so lovely i mean i'm a kid bear in mind and he's asking me come out for dinner with us come and hang with us come i'm like oh, really oh okay you know fine you know and i'm 22 23 rob partridge was the reason that you two were signed to island records because he was the man that was their champion he was the man that stood out on a limb and went this band are going to be huge when other people didn't get it yeah, well, uh, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Ian Wilson, who was the agent, you know, even before they got yeah, signed up for waste, yeah, Wasted yeah. Talent. Wasted Talent. That, right. that was a master move because do you remember when Marley played Crystal Palace and obviously Blackwell was going to be there? They put you two on yep. a, this dodgy little pub around the corner. No, it was in walking distance for Chris for him to get. And he's the first to admit he didn't get it straight away. They were a little trebly because they weren't yeah, very good yeah, to yeah. start with. But I think the important thing is that we're all appreciative. I think the other thing about artist tone is they all start off being no one. Yeah. And they appreciate that if you've come to something as well, because no one in the music business gets given it. You have to go work for it and you have to go and get it. And you have to be creative in some form or semblance. And no artist ever got famous straight away. They had to work and they had to struggle. And, 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 and that was part of our journey. And you had to be part of that journey. And if you come from nothing, because you can't have a qualification to be in a music business. You can't be a lord or a lady or a sir or a knight or an OBE. It don't mean shit. Yeah, You've actually got to have talent. You've actually got to have an ability. And you've got to be prepared to work. And you have to have and, a, and people so, around you that can spot what it is and bring it out. Because I always used to say, you know, never mind absolutely. going to music school. A degree in psychology would help because you're dealing with egos and all sorts oh, of things. Hey, and, I've, and, I've definitely got a degree in psychology. No question. Exactly. But you <laughs> learn so much from because they're all different. Part of the reason I don't do it anymore is it, I did my, you know, I did 30 years and I loved it. And it was great. And, and I'd like, I can honestly say I had years well, every year for all years. But it, but I also got to a point of, you know, I signed an artist, a young lady, probably best to remain nameless at 17 and, and, and spent two and a bit years developing at 19 she's telling me i'm a fucking idiot i don't know what i'm doing and i went oh you know what i think i think i need to do better things in life than this so and she did she went on to have a hit album with the stuff we a and um but she she hasn't had a hit album since because she knows more than we do you know it's it's, it, it's funny though isn't it because you t- i mean i i know what you just said about earlier about michael jackson i mean when you when you land for want of a better word something like this it must be oh my god that's amazing and then when it's nothing like it should be it's like the complete opposite isn't it because you think well that was a waste of a year well it wasn't really because you learned from it you learn from it but also you look at understanding the dna of things is kind of crucial and michael's dna was quincy and rod and Quincy A&R'd that album, Rod wrote the hits. Michael turned up and performed. And once you worked with Michael, you understood he was a phenomenal performer. But those geniuses were what made him truly successful. Yeah, Quincy had that taste and that ability, and Rod wrote those records. And Rod Temperton was a, a lovely man from Hull, yeah, who had a gift for writing extraordinary songs. And also, I got to know, he was adorable. One of the world's sweet gentlemen up there yeah and and that's a moment in rock because you, you spend time with people like that and you go wow yeah and no one knew who he was he walked down the street not a world not one in the world would know that he wrote thriller or bad or any of the other hits he wrote yeah and all the ones that mattered we all learn things from different people I, I, I 
Yeah, you do. I take away the good things, though. I really do. I mean, I was very lucky. You know, I made an album called Reload with Tom Jones, and that was another moment that rocked. And I, and I remember the album and the initial, initial budget, it went treble. It went treble over budget. We were had we had studios going in the US, the UK, Scandinavia, France. As you know, I started my own label in the end. And I remember there was a moment because I was, you know, to be blunt, I was shitting myself because this album has got out, I've got financially out of control and taken twice as long and three times as much money to make. And, 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 and I've got studios going everywhere and people going everywhere. And I'm, I think I've picked the right songs, but you never know till you know. And then the, the cardigans burning down the house track landed on my desk and I was like, Oh, thanks. Fuck for that. That's a hit. Here we go. Now I know. Now I know I've got a hit to launch the album from. And then, you know, the other, the other tracks start to come in. And I'm like, oh, boy, I think I'm five deep here. I think I've got five or five, you know, four or five proper hit records. Um, and then, you know, then, and then the, the, the uh, Sex Bomb track, which originally arrived as a rock record. And I went, no, 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 no. That has to be a dance record. And I went, no, 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 we're not doing that. I went, they ain't going on the album then. And, <laughs> and I went, what, what do you mean it's not going on the album? I said, you, we want a dance track. I want a dance track. And I'm going to have an argument about it. And guess what? It's my fucking record. So, so it was one of those. And, 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 uh, and Musti, who actually, you know, actually good mates, now understands why I wanted a dance record, because it was a hit everywhere. And it's still being played everywhere. And, and you need, with a character like Tom Jones, to have records that are larger than life. Because only he could sing Sex Bomb. I mean, it's so ridiculous that only he could. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. get away with it so that, that's another moment of rock great stuff former colleague and pal mr guy holmes with part two of his moments that rock you're listening to that in fact with me tony michael is your host on pantheon podcasts guy will be back in a moment with more fantastic stories
but I'm blessed to have had, you know, quite a few. It's, it's good, though, because uh, you have to stand up to these people, don't you? Because otherwise they'll walk all over you. You have to kind of, you know... We've got to have a vision. You've, yeah. got, you've got to have a vision. Exactly. The yeah. vision's about the best creative outcome because you're trying to have a hit and you've got to have a vision of what that is. Uh, uh, you know, I'm Too Sexy was another one. It was originally rock-ish. And I'm the man who said, it needs to be a bloody Madonna-type record. And, I, and they actually, thank God, agreed with me. And it was pretty easy. And Tommy D, who produced that, is a genius. I mean, the man is could do more beats standing on his head than anyone I know. Um, and so you, we had a vision. And we just went in the studio and, and it kind of clicked. And you had that chemistry because everyone shared a vision. And that, again, became a, a moment that rocked around the world. I think we went number one, well, everywhere, basically, in a lovely way. Um, and that record cost £1,400 a make. So, you know, what a bad day at the office. It's always important. I, know, I love America. I do a lot of business there. I have businesses there now. But it's also they invented that word bullshit. Yeah. And 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 it, particularly in the music business, I used to get very frustrated dealing with people because they just tell me what they thought I wanted to hear. And, and that's not how you move forward in life. You don't make you know, it. It's records. good to have a disagreement. If it's a healthy, respectful disagreement, that I think it's this and you think it's this and we'll find a way through. But our, our, our job was the conduit between the label and the artist and the station. If a white label, I'd send it to like five or six people. I mean, records like Natalie and Brulia, because like you, what you forget is, I mean, that was like the biggest re- record on ILR at the time. But it's yeah. really hard to promote a good looking girl who comes from a soap opera because everyone expects it to be shit. <laughs> yep. But yeah, you know, yeah, well, yeah. And the thing I is, should be so lucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's great, though. No, it's... Made, there's, there's all sorts of moments that rock that we've been lucky enough to have. I mean, I remember we signed Julian Cope, and it yep. was a lovely, who sadly just passed, called Malcolm Dunbar, who was a wonderful human being yeah. as well. Great set of ears. And uh, just a Christians as well. Yeah, yeah I'd worked the Christians for him and that, and, and they were both moments that rock. And, 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 and it took me 11 weeks to get... Um, the, to get Radio 1 to start playing Julian Cope. And it was a very gradual process. And eventually it was a, a producer there, Ted, and he said to me, do you really like this record, don't you? And I went, yeah, I do. And he went, okay, I'm going to put it on People's Choice on the weekend. If it wins, I'll get it on the playlist for you. If it doesn't, I don't want to hear it from you again. I went, great, okay, brilliant. And it won. Thank you, God. Um, so, and, and then things like the Christians was another moment to rock because we spent months Months and months and months teeing it up and just going in and talking to people saying, I've got this band coming called the Christians. I've got this band coming. I spent months, six, but at least six months, just saying to people, I've got this band coming called the Christians. I've got this band coming called the Christians. And eventually, when I walked in the record, he went, Oh, yeah, we know they're great. <laughs> because I'd spent so long telling everyone that I had this band coming because we believed in them. And Malcolm and on a beautiful album. I remember, you know, it was, it was a, Again, you got to work with quality people like Malcolm, Ashley Newton. I mean, extraordinary, you know, extraordinary man. And Julian Palmer, again, extraordinary A&R man. I remember he he A&R'd and pulled together the um, Eric B and Rakeem record, which was another moment that rocked. And he was the the person who got the Cold Cart remix here. And then they turned up the Top of the Pops. And when the track was played, they never fucking heard it. And they stood there going, uh, this is not our record. <laughs> And Ashley put together Fourth and Broadway, didn't he? Yeah, Ashley, Ashley invented Fourth and Broadway, pulled the whole thing together. And there's another man with extraordinary taste. Well, and that's an where him and Ray record. got together, and they grew. They went on to Circa yeah. from that, yeah. and, and the rest is history. Yeah. Again, very humble, very gentle, very bright, very kind, music-driven person. And I think the thing is that we're both what. What I'm sensing from this guy is we're both eternally grateful from never mind just the bands, the people around us, because, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it was people who were 
you know, passionate about music and stuff. And the thing about Ireland was it was always like a family. I mean, I remember reading something about Chris Blackwell where he said he, he didn't employ people, like artists, he didn't sign them just for their talent. He signed them for who they are. And I think the same applies to the staff. So the fact that we get the opportunity but, but to work... He, he, there, let me be ahead of, he let me be ahead of promotion. I was 23. Who does I, didn't know, I didn't know you were that young. Yeah, I was 23. Who does that? You know? No. You know, it's nuts. But I, he, he and Clive, obviously, very sweetly saw some sort of lunatic in their in their midst, <laughs> they were going to go and get something done, um, and, 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 and and you know how lucky, how fucking lucky can you get in life? Yeah, um, yeah. And I remember, I remember, I went. I, I, there's another moment that rocked that um, Sly and Robbie, and oh, I was yeah. in the studio down at the Fallout Shelter, and and um, oh, I can't remember the name of the producer. I'm so sorry, but he was producing and, and mixing a track from Sly and Robbie uh, called Books. And I heard this track, and it was such a groove. I mean, it was just a, I think it was about 34, 35-minute groove, literally. And I listened to this thing, and I thought, I think there's a single in here. And it was a hook line called Bass, The Final Frontier. And I thought, you know what? I think I can carve a single out of this day. So it was in the days of tape. So I spent a week in the fallout shelter at the back of Ireland with bits of tape on the wall, cutting out a single. And, and eventually I got a three, I think three minutes, 15, something like that, of this single. And, and, and you know, as luck would have it, it was a hit. And, and we got to, I think, number 12 with something, something of that nature. And Chris never forgot that. He was like, because Sly and Robbie were his boys. They were they yeah. were Jamaica through and through, and they obviously were Marley's rhythm section and everything else. And it was a proper moment of rock because we were able to create a single out of basically something that just didn't exist in the first place. And he gave you the freedom to do it. Right? And I'm the, head of, I'm the head of promotion, I'm the head of A&R. But he's like, okay, you want to get on with it? Get on with it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a blessing. You know, that's proper music. It's funny what you said before as well about, um, you know, when it was time to go. Because people ask me if I missed my job. I said, well, my job doesn't exist. You know, I wouldn't want to come in running my own promotion company and download a bunch of playlists. We used to make like 100 plus calls on a Friday. Yeah. We wouldn't leave the office until everybody got a report and an update yeah. on how every single record was doing and stuff. And it all seems so natural to me, you know, the fact that you have to feed that information back. And when you do get to work... You were part of creating the music business that's the legend. And you worked on legendary artists. You worked really fucking hard. And you cared passionately about the people you work with. And you would tread the boards all hours of the day. That's rare. You don't have many people that care that much about the music. You don't. Excellent stuff. Good it, bloke. Guy Holmes talking about uh, his illustrious career in the music industry and what he's gone on to do as a result of that. You'll listen to Moments That Rock with me, Tony Michaelidis, and we'll be back very shortly. My interview technique was was really simple. I didn't ever ask anyone about their schooling or where they were from. I said, so I would say, what's the last piece of music you bought? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That was my interview technique. Yeah. And, I, and if they could start on that and, you know, keep on the music train, then I was interested in talking to them. Exactly, exactly. And the, and the great thing was, like, like I say, you, you kind of, you know, you got to go with your gut, gut instincts, no pun intended. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is that, that, you know, you kind of, you grow yourself as a person yeah. as you get older and you get I mean, wiser. I mean, we, we, we've said it before, but we've had an extraordinarily blessed and lucky career with extraordinary people creating extraordinary music. And, 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 and all of us, have every day to walk around and a piece of music comes on in, the, in somewhere, a restaurant or somewhere you are and you listen to it and you go, oh, wow, 
I remember that and I remember this person and that person. And you must have that with great regularity. Well, I always say this. There's, it brings out the hopeless romantic, but there's nothing like music to take you back to a time and a place. And when I was writing my book and I was writing about meeting Led Zeppelin, honestly, Guy, I was there backstage at the Free Trade Hall in Manchester and I remember Jimmy Page sitting there with his hands under his thighs Right, and me and my mate with rolled-up signed posters in the corner, just not getting thrown out. But there was no drinks, no hospitality, the big mirrors with the light bulbs on. Um, and Robert Plant leans across him. This was like 40-odd years after that gig when I'm writing. And as I was writing it, with finger typing like this, you know, it was like I remember Robert Plant leaning across and going to Jimmy Page, are you going to come around to our place tomorrow and we'll finish that track? And it was like, Oh, my God. Was I there at a moment in history? Was he talking about Stairway to Heaven? Oh, my God. We're definitely ending that with a moment that rocked in my world, meeting Led Zeppelin. Oh, as a child. You've been listening to Moments That Rock, part two, with Guy Holmes, telling some amazing stories about the various people he's worked with and the stuff that he's achieved over the years. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, give us a good review, and come back for more. Pantheon Podcasts are the good people who host Moments That Rock and they also host a shitload of other good shows. See you next week. It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.